Okay, so today's a fun day. You know why? Yes. We're going to talk about sin in our marriage. Oh, I thought you were going to say because JP and Brian are with us. <laughs> well, that's, that's like, basically what I said. We're going to talk what about I, sin. That's what I thought he was going to say, too. <laughs> we have two sinners sitting at the table that's with two other sinners. <laughs> Welcome to Family Life Today, where we want to help you pursue the relationships that matter most. I'm Shelby Abbott, and your hosts are David Ann Wilson. You can find us at FamilyLifeToday.com. This is Family Life Today. Who are JP and Brian? First of all, they're our friends. Like, they are good friends. JP has been on before. It's Jonathan Pakluda. And we're talking about his new book called... Why do I do what I don't want to do? That's why I'm saying we're talking about sin. It's I would say most of us vices. ask that question yeah. daily. Yeah. Why do I do what I don't want to do? And yeah. it's what Paul said in Romans 7. And uh, so you kind of break that down with, to, well, JP, you tell us. Yeah. Vices and virtues. Vices and virtues, which I think as we talk about marriage, we have an enemy mm-hmm. and he, he hates marriage. And we and forget he, that. And he doesn't want your marriage to last. He wants you to take the out. I think so often we get stuck in this defense mode of trying not to sin, trying not to give into that, or even worse, hiding it, Mm. rather than pursuing the virtuous life that God has for us and that he's calling us to in marriage. And then my boy Brian is here. We needed an example of somebody that, (laughs) you know, so we brought Brian into the studio. There's plenty of vices that we're going to read about. We all do. I'm glad you're here because the other day I teased the art of marriage. Yeah. They didn't ask me to say this. They're not paying me to say this. I'm here because I love the these guys. I love the work that God is doing through them. And if you have any influence at your church or even over a small group, find the art of marriage and go through it. It will help you. Mm-hmm. And, and if you know anyone that's in trouble or they don't even have to be in trouble, they just want to have a better marriage, which I hope is everyone in marriage, do everything you can. The resource has been out there. I've heard t- a lot of testimonies of how it's helped people. You guys have made it better. You, you've mm. given it a facelift, and it's. I'm so excited that it's out there in the world. You're going to use it at Harris Creek? Absolutely, without a doubt. All right. <laughs> You're, it, I'm saying that in front of all my friends right now. Yeah. Absolutely, we are. The Wilsons and JP are on it. We know Monica. <laughs> it's funny. That's what They're going to think we, I'm not married. They're going to think, why is this guy sitting by himself? Because uh, we have a ton of couples you know, on this one, and whereas we didn't have that as much on the first one. Yeah. And so we have all these couples speaking together and there's a couple single guys that speak and it was husbands that speak. And we actually have a couple women without their husbands that speak. Mm. But for some reason, JP is the one that like, he's got a, a couch next to him and it's like a wide open space. People are like, where's his wife at? And that's <laughs> she, was, just, she was too busy. <laughs> she was too busy to be there. No, my, so that, and that's where we compliment one another. She has no desire whatsoever to be behind the camera or, you you know any of that, and she's so good, man. She's so yeah. every, she. There's so much wisdom that comes from her. I, always, I tell her that all the time. But yeah, my wife Jen, uh, she got to know Monica a little yeah. bit when we were doing the filming. And oh, I, that, yeah. I think they were hanging out. They yeah. were hanging out by yeah, the pool well, while we were doing that. the filming. Yeah. And uh, it was she's just incredibly sweet, great mom, yeah, and we just best. really I mean, enjoyed getting to know you guys and the Wilson. So excited about this one. Yeah, and tell us. I mean, how many? How long you been working? Two years? Three years? On, two, this new- on this one, it's going to end up being about two years. Wow. Yeah. 
So you got to be excited. It's, it's, I mean, we're, you're we're, sort we're, of, and we're partner with a great, you know, partner right now, media. They're kind of the leader in Love small group guys. curriculum and video curriculum. And so it's immediately going to have a, a huge distribution. JP, in your book, you know, why do I do what I don't want to do? You mentioned these vices and then the virtue. And one yeah. of them is busyness and rest. Yeah. Uh, that impacts a marriage. Every single day. I feel yeah. like it's a killer in our culture right yeah. now, especially. Does it feel like to you guys that we're busier than ever? Oh, for yeah. sure. Like, there's so many stats around just even the information that we take in in one day is more than, like, a decade of the past. I'll butcher the quote, but it wow. was it was like, it needs no exaggeration because I read it and I was like, wow, that's significant. And rest is a hot button. I mean, there's a mm. lot of books being written right now about Sabbath and, and rest and what do the rhythms look like and... You know, I've heard busy is an acronym being under Satan's yoke. Mm-hmm. And so one of the tools that he uses is just to, to keep us away from the riches of the Father, the righteous life that he has for us, the virtues that he calls us to, is just makes us busy. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't have to take us out. He doesn't have to have us, you know, fall into some dark heroin addiction or something. Like he'll just keep you busy. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. just distract you. Now, do you guys feel like you've had seasons in your life, maybe one right now, that you're too busy? Oh, yeah. And I was, I was thinking about this, just like in my marriage, busyness is a great anesthesia to numb the pain that's there that I don't want to deal with. Mm. And so whether that's work or honestly, I can be busy with entertainment. Yeah. You know, I was going to say, I can get into a Netflix yes. series and just be gone. It is just, it's exactly right. I can just fill up my calendar with all kinds of stuff. And it doesn't have to be, you know, just your workaholism. It can be every distraction known to man. Yeah. Every entertainment is at our fingertips, mm. and I can avoid the things that most matter. Yeah. We're not efficient workers anymore. And so in, in generations past, if you were going to do a job, like you would you would go to do the job and really focus on that job. If you're going to cut down a tree, you are swinging an axe, and all of your time and energy were going down to having that tree fall. Well, now in the way that we work is, is we work on devices that also have the news, the Bible, <laughs> social media, all kinds of information coming at us. So we're always kind of working and kind of resting in, in some ways. You know, it's a phenomenon they call leisure, which is like combining work and leisure <laughs> together. <laughs> and so we kind of stay in that mode. And so I think if there's an indictment on me by my children, I think they would say some great things about their dad. But I think that they would say, and he was busy. There was always something playing in the background. There was always a distraction. The phone was always available. That's a legacy I'm working really diligently to change. And so the irony there is a little bit of an oxymoron is, hey, what does it look like to work diligently to rest well? Mm, that's you know, good, to, to build in those healthy rhythms so that when I'm with my son, I can just be with him. You guys are in the, the great city of Orlando, Florida. <laughs> and so as we come here, it's like we're definitely... I brought my son with me. We're going to go do something. And, and he just said, hey, dad, take a picture. And I said, hey, buddy, I don't have my phone on me. I don't want anything to distract me from this time with you, mm-hmm. which is one of those rare moments where I got it right. You know, just to say that there's lots of times I got it wrong. But Well, it makes me think, and I like what you said, to work at discovering rest or finding that rest. It reminds me of Hebrews where he says, strive mm. to enter his rest. Yeah. Like there is a striving mm. that I think, Anne, as you're saying, even now more than ever because of all the, this stuff. And I'd be curious, what has been, you know, really good things for you guys to do? Because I know for me, I was just at the at the beach. We live near the beach now, now that we live in the flex. headquarters are here. Flex. I know. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. We live about like about an hour. Yeah. And I'm just amazed by how 
hard it is for me to sit on the beach. Yeah. Hmm. And just like Jen and I did this on Sunday oh for gosh. the first time in a long time where we just sat there and I, I just felt anxious. Like, I got, I'm anxious you talking about it. Look at me. I'm like, <laughs> can I just, I just sit taught, here? I just taught Psalm 46 and you get to Psalm 4610 and he says, be still and know that I am God. And I just said in front of the congregation, do you know how hard this is? <laughs> because when, when the earth is giving way and the mountains are falling into the sea and you know there's a, a tyrant Assyrian king at your gates wanting to kill you, the most counterintuitive thing to do is to be still and know that he is God. And in the context of marriage, your spouse, like what does your spouse want? There's a really strong likelihood that they want you to be still and to sit with them and to listen and or ask open-ended questions and just Mm -hmm. be together. And I think if you're like me, like sometimes I work so hard to change Monica's desire because I want to go do that at a restaurant with a white tablecloth and (laughs) and someone serving us. And she's like, well, why can't we just do that in the living room? Like sitting right here in our home and on the couch. And I'm like, but why can't you be more like this and rather than why don't I just come her way you know yeah. and just hey just sit there I mean being be being fully present yeah yeah someone wants define love as focus yeah like you're just focused on that person yeah have you guys because I had to go through this process I should have done it in my 30s I did it just a few years ago the process of why am I so busy Mm, trying to get to the root because Ann Ann would say for years my husband has five jobs and when she'd say that I'd smile like yeah it's awesome that's a badge of like I'm a productive guy like he's you know a pastor he's a lion's chaplain he's a marriage speaker it's all about the and I always thought it was great until I went and sat down with a counselor a few years ago and he drew my life up on a board and at the end of five hours and this guy was just very gifted by God to be able to circle certain things say let's talk about this he was right on at the end the, the homework assignment was go home before we meet next week and answer this question what am I running from yeah hmm. and I came home and said to Ann I go Greg told me to answer this question he goes duh yeah you know like I've been trying to tell you this for decades yeah and it was one of the first times it forced me to the origin the root what is it you know we sort of in our culture it's like the busier you are the more famous you know, yeah. it's just crazy. More followers you have, yeah. it's just all these numbers. And it's like, why are we running so yeah. fast? Because it's killing our marriages and we can feel it, but we keep going. Yeah. I think about searching for significance. Yeah. Yeah. Too. Mm. yeah. And I wonder, like, I'd, I'd be curious, like, let's get super practical then. So what is it that you do to build in that rhythm or that rest? Because you talk about the virtue is rest. Yeah. So what does that look like for a marriage? Give me what your best practices are. Mm. You have to find the source of the busyness. And so... I made mention of of my phone because it's just kind of everything right there. So gifts are my love language. Acts of service are my wife. Like she she loves acts of service. I love gifts. And so I will buy her anything I can, you know, to say I love you. <laughs> and uh, and so I've given her some amazing gifts. Like we, I mean, you know, if we listen about like, wow, those are amazing gifts. I haven't always <laughs> been in ministry. I was in the corporate world. And so I've given her some nice gifts and they're mostly lost on her because she doesn't care much about material <laughs> things. One year, I went and I bought a box. I cut a slit in the top of the box and I put a lock on it and I gave it to her and I gave her the key. And I said, this is for my phone when I come home. And she wept. Oh, that would be the best gift. I've never seen her express such deep gratitude for anything. 
mm. you know. Mm. And so I think just putting your phone in the drawer so that when you're present, you're present. You know, I've, I think it was Rick Warren who first said, uh, divert it. daily, we put withdraw it in our weekly, book. abandon annually. Yep. I and thought so that was the Wilsons. That I was say it in the book. I said, Rick Warren, <laughs> well, <laughs> what we did with that, he was talking about rhythms in your yeah, spiritual life. Sure. We took it to our marriage and said, ah, we're going to say this. Yeah. You want a great marriage, pray yeah. daily, yeah. date weekly. Yeah retreat annually. Yeah. Same idea, but You're it's right. like, I want to apply that to here That's just right. like you do vertically. Let's so do good. it there. I think you can think about that in terms of rest as well as, hey, you need to create some space. Like I just, we just got back from a family vacation where for a week I turned off all email. I deleted all social media just to remove the temptation so that I could be with them on the daily basis. There needs to be a time where you sit down and just check in with everybody. You know, mm-hmm. just a moment where you're focused on each other. Like I've heard kids spell love T-I-M-E. Mm-hmm. And then just every week that you're making a memory somehow, some way if at all possible. I'm not trying to be rigid or legalistic about this, but just as a regular rhythm, what does it look like for us to go and share a meal together or to stay and share a meal together or to go bowling or to to play a game? It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to cost money. It's just time to be intentional with one another. Do you guys Sabbath? Yeah, but it has not been. I mean, I I wouldn't say that for most of my marriage, we Sabbath well. Mm. And we've really over the past, I would say three or four years, I've really tried to be far more intentional with that and just rest, not focus on digital media at all, not do work, do work that is not what I'm doing. Like, so me actually working out in the yard is a restful activity. It's not something I do during the week. So finding those ways to celebrate the Lord, celebrate each other, have fun, have a great meal together. And there's so much out there right now and great books on that. Yeah. Yeah. You would think as empty nesters, you think you guys have all the time in the world. Mm, And we have found (laughs) that we're busier now than we've ever been. And one of the things that we've done to carve out that time because we're running so hard. Have we done something? I'm like, I'm waiting to hear what this <laughs> well, is. One is one is we go to Mexico every year. Yeah. That the other thing was we realize even we're so busy now that once a year isn't enough. And so, I mean, last year for Dave's birthday, in between my birthday and his birthday, I'm like, let's go to Las Vegas. We're going to go for two nights. We're going to go great meals. We saw a couple great shows, John John Legend, Legend, The Beatles Love. But it just gives us time like, hey, how you doing? You know, and that's been really good for us. You know, it's funny when you're a preacher, at least once a year, I'll teach on Sabbath. And then I have to look at my life because obviously you're working on Sunday, so that's not a day. Mm. But to take a full day and rest, like you said, to sit at a beach and not be like, I got to go do something or pull my phone out and start answering emails. It's really, I think, hard. So to bring that into your marriage and say, we need to rest together is critical. Your marriage is going to spin out of control. And JP, I'm still stuck on your box. Your yeah. box with the phone. I think I'm getting a box for a gift. I'm telling you. <laughs> All of a sudden, this I'm afraid week. that Jen's going to listen to that and go, why don't you get me a box? Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm thinking, too, because I thought even when we watch TV, we'll be watching a show together, yeah. and Dave's on his phone. I'm like, what are you doing? And I do the same thing. She I'm, did it last night. Yeah. <laughs> I got her, too. Like, oh, you think about me? Look at you. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels like you're not here. Yeah. yeah. And that's exactly what's true. You're not here, and especially as a dad with your kids. Yeah. They need mom and dad to be fully mm. present. Yeah. Hey, you know, another one that you talk about in uh, in this book that we've never mentioned that I think is huge in the family 
and in church families, drunkenness Mm. as the vice and sobriety as the Mm. virtue. Can we talk about that? What I talk about in the book is with my dad, like I being home, growing up in our home, I never saw my dad drunk. After I left, he got vertigo and he would self-medicate his vertigo with alcohol. And so the first Mm. day that he met Monica, so I took Monica home to see, to meet my parents. He stood up to shake her hand and fell down. And I was like, what is going on? That wasn't vertigo? And and No, it was the first time I'd ever Mm. seen my dad intoxicated. And then from there on after, there were a lot of times, like sometimes we would drive home and I would get home after, you know, a a six-hour road trip when we were living in Dallas. We'd drive home to see them. I'd have a conversation with him that night and then the next morning have the same conversation. And Mm. it would just, it would stir in me a lot of anger and bitterness and really start our time home in that way. And then just being in ministry, you see how this impacts so many people. And I'm not a doctor, I'm not in science, but somehow this is easily passed on from one person to the next. Somebody might call it generational sin. Whatever that is, you see how that kind of stays in a family. And so then I'm looking at myself and I'm like, hey, how do I, how do I make sure this isn't the thing that takes me out? And it has taken many uh, people in ministry out. Like we're not immune to this. And then I see in marriages, you know, one after the other, after the other, one of the spouses saying, hey, uh, you know, the other person, I just see them really checking out and diving into alcohol. And so this is something that the enemy uses. I'm not old school. I'm not kind of coming and saying, hey, whatever, don't like stay away from it. This is the devil's juice. It's not that I'm saying, hey, this is something the enemy uses to take you out. You need to be sober and alert on that reality. And so if you're in this place where you think, hey, uh, this is something I need to hide, that's usually a giant red flag, a Mm. big warning signal that if you're doing something secretly, any sin for that matter, any vice secretly, if you're hiding it from others, hey, I guarantee you, you are in offense with the devil. This is something that lion who prowls around, that enemy that prowls around like a roaring lion, he's looking to devour you in that way if you're Mm. hiding it. Mm. As a pastor for over 30 years, I saw this grow and grow and grow with church people compared to 30 years ago in my experience. And I just saw more acceptance. And I'm not saying again, like you said, you know, I'm not saying to have a drink is not scriptural, but to get drunk is. It's not God's will for our life. And I would go to church events and like, wow, there's there's a freedom with alcohol here that's a little dangerous. And then I'd hear people say that, like you said, JP, they started to hide it. Yeah. And that's where you need to bring somebody in. I know it's a scary moment to yeah. say to somebody, I might have a problem with this yeah. and take steps towards sobriety. Yeah. And maybe that's not the word you're even thinking of, but get in control to ha- handle this in a productive way rather than a destructive way. Yeah. And the other thing I'll say is I mentioned that it's it's usually one spouse saying, hey, you know, my husband is struggling or my wife is struggling in this way. But sometimes I, I see it, it's in both people, mm-hmm. right? And so they enable that in each other because that's what their marriage is built on. Hey, they met mm-hmm. in a bar. They met when they were intoxicated. They got married. And now as the marriage continues, they have these really unhealthy habits of going out to dinner and drinking too much. And I'm just saying, hey, you, you know, the scripture calls us to be sober-minded, to not be drunk on wine, but be filled with the Spirit, for it is not for kings to, to be drunk. We see all of these, you know, the, the Proverbs, all of these scriptures that call us to sober thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, Brian, you said earlier that busyness is an anesthesia. Yeah. yeah. This is too. Facts. Absolutely. You know, you're covering up some pain. 
And it's amazing how it has become, I mean, I grew up Southern Baptist, so, you know, it, it was, you know, we didn't drink, we didn't smoke, we didn't watch R-rated movies, and we didn't date girls that did. I got to the place where I felt more freedom, but then what I noticed is that more and more, I think this is becoming kind of the sin of mm-hmm. Christians today. It's yeah. like, we have freedom in Christ, absolutely, but it's so easy to abuse that freedom. It's okay. so easy to get to that place of, well, we're always doing, you know, having small groups and everybody brings wine and and, and all that kind of stuff. Well, you don't, Think about it. Is there anybody that really struggles with this? Yeah. It can't just be about our own pleasure. Mm-hmm. At some point in time, we got to be cognizant of the fact that this trips up a ton of people. Yeah. In the book, I talk about like the, these principles because people say, oh, I can drink as long as I don't get drunk. And I, and I talk about, well, you also need to consider, is there someone there that struggles? Yeah. Is there someone there that struggles with legalism? Or, you know, that they say, hey, I don't... Yeah. Your freedom is going to hinder my relationship with God because I don't think you should take it. And that's one we never consider, but the scripture speaks to. And so I just kind of go through these principles to think through. So, and, mm. it, and it usually surprises people like, oh, I thought it was just, I'm just not supposed to get drunk. Mm. Mm. Well, want- I would say this as yeah. we close. JP, thanks. Yeah, I, I love you guys. I'm so thankful to be here with you. Thank I you. I mean, thanks for being on Family Life today, but thanks for being a part of. Art of marriage. Yeah. I can't imagine Man. how God's going to use this. Tremendous and you could have said no, and you said, I want to help marriages. So thank you. And yeah. Brian, thank you for all the work you put in. I know yeah, there's a lot of hours. Yeah. And it really isn't just me. I mean, it's like we got a great team of people working on it. Uh, I think about my, my buddy, Ed, who's been hmm. helping us with this. And we've been and Right Now Media and the artists, the poets that came alongside and crafted up this great poem for every session and the animators and the other voices that are on it. And so I think with that symphony of the whole body of Christ, Hmm. trying to paint the picture of what God's intention was for marriage, we're not going to do that perfectly. But I think with this version, we really say God wants our marriage to experience oneness. Hmm. And the only way we do that is if we reflect the oneness of God. So what are some of the characteristics of God that we could actually live out on a daily basis? And Mm -hmm. so we talk about his steadfast love. We talk about forgiveness. We talk about uh, agape, sacrificial love. You know, we talk about debak, which is this Hebrew word that means to cleave and to cling to one another through the highs and lows of life. We talk about the word yada, which is the Hebrew word for intimacy. And we, you know, we like to joke, we're not bringing sexy back, we're bringing intimacy back. It's yeah. about being Ooh, fully so known good. and fully loved. And that's what you want when you got married. You didn't mm-hmm. get married because you, so you can have sex. You got married so that you could have intimacy. And what does that really look like? And we've got some great voices there, Julie Slattery and yeah. others that are just fantastic on that. And then, but then on top of that, it wasn't just to live happily ever after. It was that to be God's euangelion, which is the Greek word for gospel, good news, mm-hmm. that your our marriage, your marriage, my marriage, is to be on mission. And that we get to bring the grace and the nature of God to all of those around us. So how can every marriage be on mission? Mm-hmm. And so you can do that by just starting with the art of marriage. Yeah. Saying, hey mm-hmm. guys, let's come talk about, you know, we're struggling in our marriage. <laughs> I don't know if you guys are. We got this video, we're gonna watch it and have a conversation about Invite it. Invite some people it, over. It's that easy. Have, some, have some food. I'm just excited about what, what I think God's gonna do through this. You guys are warriors for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Don't you feel so honored to be on this oh, path with them? Oh, I do. I mean, I feel honored that we're part of art of marriage because yeah. I know how God used it last time. Yeah. And it's just so amazing technology that God's given us that, you never think somebody's going to put something like that in their car and invite people over there or they're going to be invited over and they're going to find Jesus yeah. Yeah. and he's going to save their marriage, but he's just as importantly going to save a legacy because yeah. it's going to be kids and grandkids. Mm. 
I just was talking to a guy and they've been leading art of marriage now for nine years. And they had like 23 couples that were in this home mm. and they were, they just got through the day and 13 people came to Christ. Uh, wow. Let's go. You know, what yeah. else is there? It's like, <laughs> what did Dennis Rainey like to say? Marriage is one of the greatest Trojan horses yeah. for the gospel. Yeah. Yes. Cause yes. people may not go to church, but they want their relationships to work. Yeah. So they may not come to Harris Creek, your yeah. church, but they might come to your kitchen, around mm. your kitchen and around in your living room and talk about marriage. Yes. What if God used you to bring your friends and neighbors to Christ? He can. Isn't that amazing? And he wants to. And an easy in with people is to help them in their marriages and relationships. And the art of marriage is the perfect resource to start those conversations that can lead someone into God's kingdom of light. Let's do it. Let's do it together. I'm Shelby Abbott, and you've been listening to Dave and Ann Wilson with Jonathan Bakluda and Brian Goins on Family Life Today. You know, we've been talking about the art of marriage all day today, and we hope you were able to join us last night for the Art of Marriage live preview event to learn why your marriage matters, because it does. But if you missed it, Art of Marriage pre-orders are happening right now. So you can go reserve your copy and get more amazing teaching from people like Jonathan Pakluda, Aaron and Jamie Ivey, Vivian Mabuni, and so much more. You can go to our link in the show notes to find out how to pre-order your copy of The New Art of Marriage. Jonathan Bakluda has written a book called Why Do I Do What I Don't Want to Do? This is a book that really helps you to practice virtues that are not just something that you do. It's something that's done in you slowly but surely by the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. So whether you're 18 years old or you're 80 years old, it's never too late to redefine what's important to you and reclaim a life of virtue. This book is going to help you with that. And it's going to be our gift to you when you partner with us financially. So you can go online to familylifetoday.com or give us a call with your donation at 800-358-6329. Again, that number is 800-F as in family, L as in life, and then the word today. And feel free to drop us something in the mail if you'd like to. Our address is Family Life, 100 Lakeheart Drive, Orlando, Florida, 32832. Now, tomorrow on Family Life Today, I'm going to be in the studio with Dave and Ann Wilson. We're going to listen to portions of my conversation with my friend Brian, who's been a fellow sufferer in life. It's going to be from my Family Life podcast, Real Life Loading. Did you know that I host a podcast for 18 to 28-year-olds? Yes, I do. And I know that you're already subscribed. But in case that you aren't, you can find a link in the show notes to get easy access to Real Life Loading. We're going to talk about all of that tomorrow and so much more. We hope you'll join us. On behalf of David Ann Wilson, I'm Shelby Abbott. We'll see you back next time for another edition of Family Life Today. Family Life Today is a donor-supported production of Family Life, a crew ministry, helping you pursue the relationships that matter most.